welcome to the True Talk Cafe podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited you're here. Our podcast will tackle a myriad of topics ranging from relationships to personal development and everything in between. My name is Renee Stewart, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Anna Garcia, Carla DeCore, and Lali Ramirez-Bennett. Collectively, we span four generations. Can you believe that? We've all experienced ups and downs in our personal lives and professional careers that have qualified us to share our unique perspectives with you, and we're excited to do so. But before we get into today's content, I wanted to let you know where you can find us on social media. On Instagram and Facebook, you can use at True Talk Cafe. And on Twitter, you can use at True Talk Cafe One. Don't forget to like us, rate us, and leave a review. We value your feedback. We want to ensure that we are providing content that resonates with you. So please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you listen to your podcast. Spoiler alert, you will want to stay tuned to hear what our guests are going to share about this exciting topic today. Also, stick around to find out how you can join us on a live show. We would love to have you join us on one of our episodes. Now, let's get started. Happy New Year. We're with Season 3, Episode 1 with True Talk Cafe Podcast. We're going to start with this question. Have you ever been laid off? I know what a question to start with. <laughs> but at some point in your career, you may have or will experience an involuntary layoff. But as a result, it can have a profound impact on your mental well-being as well as on other parts of your life. In today's episode called Navigating a Life Shift, we're going to discuss how to, to, how to navigate a layoff and find your true passion. So, hey guys, Anna here. Navigating a layoff can definitely be challenging and stressful, but with careful planning and a positive mindset, you can successfully manage the transition. There's one thing that really matters to rebound in the job market after a layoff is how you frame your narrative. As our conversation continues, the pod crew will share their personal experiences and will explain how to manage your life's mindset, leverage this blessing in disguise, and provide tips to navigate this life change. Carla, do you have a question for us? I do, I do. And I know many people have either experienced a layoff or know someone that has gone through a layoff. So there's many doubts typically. So after a layoff, People are going to have different questions that are going to come to mind and realistically, realistically even um, see others as they are laid off in their company. So even handling how uh, other people within your circle of, of work is being laid off, how do you deal with that? So how does someone overcome those challenges, whether you are the one being directly impacted by the layoffs and knowing someone close to you, maybe someone that you work with every day that has been laid off? How do we work with that? Let's start with you, Anna. So there's a lot of ways that we can work through that. And I would say that when this originally happens, it's okay to experience and allow yourself to have those fears and have those doubts and understand that that is realistic experiences. You have to allow yourself to go through those emotions, whether it's impacting you or your peers. And how do you overcome them, right? That's the real question here. 
Overcoming these challenges sometimes makes it very daunting just to even think about how to do that. I would always say, I know back in 2020, we had over 5,000 employees being laid off at the organization that Lolly and I worked at. And you know what? They made the announcement on Thursday, and I think by Monday we were doing a workshop and a webinar to help those people understand the challenges. And sometimes it's just having that, having that support. So don't be hesitant to share what you're going through with others because some of them, and look at Renee, she's experienced in the field, you know, so you have that support sometimes within your circle. And that's one of the best ways I can think of of overcoming challenges. Yeah. And to add to that, just like Anna said, you know, feel the feelings, you know, it is a life-changing event, especially if you're the breadwinner, right? If you're single and you get laid off, it's like, oh my God, how am I going to pay my bills? If you're the breadwinner, same thing. How am I going to support my family? And that's okay. Talking about it, reaching out to whomever that you feel comfortable talking to, but don't bottle those emotions up. That's really not a healthy thing to do. Lolly, do you have anything to add? Actually, I do, Renee. You know, one of the things that I think is very important is to not be so worried about what everybody else is going to think. In today's reality, most people have either gone through a layoff, have seen somebody they know go through a layoff, or have heard within their own business things going in that direction. And it's really not, you know, at some point in time back years ago, where there was quite a bit of, of fat within most of the work efforts, you had the ability to ha really pick and choose who it was that you got to let go. In today's world, it really isn't that way. And so I think that one of the most imp important things is to understand that in most cases, even our top performers are being impacted. And it is not something, yes, ma'am, I know one of my best buddies, you know, went through that. But, you know, it is, it is without question something that many people go through. Do not be embarrassed about it. Work through the emotions of it, but keep, keep moving forward. And I think that the, as you said about the narrative, attitude is, is critical. You got to take this on and say, hey, I'm going to make the best of the situation. And you know what? I remember a few years ago, my last uh, job, we started laying off a lot of people. And I remember you mentioned the top performers being laid off. And I know that people that were selected to be the ones uh, as part of the RIF, they, the first question they asked is, why me? Right? Why, why is it that I was selected? What is it that I didn't do? What could I have done better to not be a part of it? And I had to explain to them that while speaking with HR, there is a formula and, and all companies kind of have different policies. So some of them use a formula, the institution that I was a part of, they used the formula and they started with those that didn't have a bachelor's degree because it was a higher, a higher education institution. So anyone that didn't have a bachelor's degree or higher, those were the first ones that went through, regardless of how long they've been there, regardless of their performance, regardless of their uh, annual reviews. The second list of people, it was based on uh, tenure, people that have been there the longest, so people that had any type of uh, disciplinary uh, action within their files. So there's just different things that have to be taken into consideration when they go through a layoff. So I think we have to be sympathetic and help people understand that it's not them personally, that it's not an attack on them, it's not an attack on their performance. It's really just business, it's, and it is just the business trying to 
reduce expenses to realign their、uh, strategies, perhaps. So, how does a layoff impact someone's perspective on their career? I mean, I think at least it used to be that we thought. I'm going down this career path, and this is where I'm going to spend the rest of my, you know my time working, and as well as life goals. I mean, what what would you say, Renee, that you've seen in that respect? A couple of things. Some folks may take a look at it and say, you know what, I was just doing this for the paycheck, right? And then they start to think about, well, you know, what do I really want to do? You know, I I just don't. I didn't enjoy my job anyway, so this really is kind of a blessing in disguise. And they start to rethink, like, okay, what do I really want to do? What am I passionate about? And start down that path. But then there's others where they feel like the job defines them. Those are the folks that have the hardest time transitioning. Because they hold on, that's their identity, and they feel like they lose their identity, and it really hits home. I've seen back in my hometown. I was like in my early twenties, and they did a big reduction in workforce at the time. And these were people that had, you know, were born and bred there, right out of high school. You know, when they had apprentice programs, right, and. You've seen a rise in suicides. It was really bad because you now we're hitting people that have been there fifteen, twenty, twenty-five years, and they were the breadwinners, and that's all they knew, and they did not know how to process that, and they felt like they lost their identity and fell into this depression, and decided to take their lives instead. So that's what I've seen, Anna. Do you have anything to add? No, I agree. I think there's. I always say there's three different paths to take when it comes to the perception on your your career and your life goals. When it comes to experiencing a layoff, right? You're either going to take the the road of opportunity, like you mentioned. Some will do view this as an opportunity to go out and embrace something new, find something that drives your true passion. And there's going to be those that are going to see it as an obstacle. And that obstacle might not be long term; it might be a short term obstacle. But eventually, they'll get over it a little bit sooner and start working towards new goals. A lot of the people that see it as an obstacle or challenge tend to stay within that career space, so there's not as much transition and everything. And then, of course, there's the total loss experience. You know, those those individuals that you talked about that take this the hardest. And I do think that that's when it's important for you to recognize. Like Carla said earlier, this is at the end of the day a business decision, and that business decision is always driven by the bottom line. And you no longer,、uh, you know, aligned with that bottom line. So it's time for you to shift. So I think it would just be important that we sometimes allow ourselves to have those emotions, but remember that that's not it. It's like any other relationship. We go through a loss. And then we learn to cope with that loss, and then eventually continue to do and and live as we used to with the goals and driven opportunities that we have. So those are my three different perceptions that I see often, and I do believe that a lot of us fall within that scope. I personally was the opportunity when I got laid off. I think I've shared this before. I was seven days unemployed, and then I was an entrepreneur that has not looked back and hasn't had a vacation yet. <laughs> Truly, in a year and and months now. 
Carla, anything to add? Yes, and actually I have a question for you specifically because we're talking about how do you take it, right? But what about the manager, the director, the vice president, the person that is making the decision? Because all of us do care about our people, right? What advice will you give to someone that is making the decision of who is going to be the person getting laid off? And how do you deliver those difficult news to someone that you don't know which one of those three they're going to take, how they're going to perceive it, and how can you guide them so they don't take the negative route? Well, that's a good question. And, you know, I was just mentioning earlier that I had to provide some training materials and create some of the training program for some managers that did have to share those news with their employees. And one of the key factors is always Yes, it's okay to show empathy, but no sympathy, right? You shouldn't be like, oh, I know what you feel or, you know, start showing, you know, acting like you're in their place because you don't know what they feel. You're never going to know what that other person feels. I have three children and I don't know what they're going to feel, you know, even though I birthed them. So I think just using clear, concise language, and I'm sure Renee has a lot of expertise in this field coming from the human resources. There are certain things, you know, we do have to acknowledge the emotions of the individual, but do not sit in them with them. We have to explain to them, you know, I understand that, you know, this is going to impact some of the plans that you had and everything. Unfortunately, this is a decision we had to come to. And, you know, please continue to pursue whatever support or assistance you need. We cannot, you know, we have to have that conversation. And I will tell you, it is not any easier for those managers or supervisors. Some of, them, some of them do go home and have to sit in those emotions or just end the rest of the day. It's like you make the announcement in the morning and you take the rest of the afternoon off because it is a heavy burden to carry on either end. And a lot of these companies don't think that they come to this decision very lightly either. They understand the repercussions. They understand the public image. They understand all the things that happen in that time frame, right? There's a lot that goes on and there's a lot of thought that's been used before that decision is driven. So I was just saying, concise, clear information, stick to the facts, do not play into the emotion. This is when you have to be a true leader and just do what you were told to do. Yeah, I would add one other thing to that. When companies are going to do some sort of riff that they really plan, especially if it's large, or it's going to impact a lot of people Make sure that you have outplacement services put in place because people will appreciate that because when you give the information, you know, the shock comes, you know what I mean? But you have to bring them back in to say, okay, we have provided these services. This is who you call. You know, this is how much time that you have. If you lay out a plan for them to follow and have somebody being the liaison that they could call, you know, that seems to bridge the gap and help tremendously. And I've been where I've just been let go, period, or I had that liaison and knew I had the outplacement services. So that really helps in getting people plugged in to those outplacement services because people have not written resumes in years or updated one. They have not interviewed in years. They don't know how to interview. You know, so providing those services really can help someone move or transition to their next employment 
opportunity. Oh my God, I love that you say plan. Plan is huge. One of my last employments, I remember that one time we had a big layoff too. And somehow HR wasn't aware of when it was going to happen. And the company directors travel from another state to come and, you know, kind of lay off people individually. But by the time they made it there, everyone's emails and logins have already been disconnected. So people came back from lunch trying to log into their uh, computers and they couldn't log in because their accounts had already been disconnected and they had not met with their directors yet. It was awful. It was an awful experience. And I was the manager. So I was just sitting there without any answers because they didn't even tell us who was getting laid off. But by that time, we knew who was getting laid off. So they literally just sat around and waited for their turn. It was awful. Gosh. So planning. Yes. (laughs) Make sure there's planning. You are next. Next question for us. Yeah. So, you know, kind of moving on from that, once you've heard Hey, you know, we no longer need your services. <laughs> Sometimes that's what is said. You have to start thinking about, all right, what's my next step? And we're going to take the opportunity route right now, right? And we're going to say, all right, what do I really want to do? And how do I take those steps forward? So, how can someone, you know, go about rediscovering or identifying their true passion instead of just staying in the same field if they don't want to stay in the same field. Lolly? You know, Renee, I'm glad you asked that question because that this is one that I, I always uh, address as number two in the list, right? You deal with the emotions. The next one is self-reflection. Take an opportunity to, to, to look in the mirror and say, what was it that brought me joy in the job that I was doing? Are there things that I was doing that I really didn't care for? Here's a chance to pivot your your life and make it different, you know, make it different, make it fit right. Make a list of those things that bring you joy. That maybe, you know, you enjoy doing some volunteer work. Maybe you enjoy doing some mentoring. Maybe there's been times that you thought, maybe I'd like to pursue my own business, right? And it's, I always tell people, one of the best things to do is really sit with a blank sheet of paper and just jot down ideas. Put your your good things and your bad things, right? So it's important to to remember those things that just don't make make you happy because why waste time? If you have a chance to redefine who you are and recreate your new world, why are you going to include those things that you don't like? You know, I have some people that have run and told me, you know, I really enjoy this, but I really don't like having a team. Okay, so focus on being a individual contributor, right? Don't put that as part of your what you're going to add to your resume or highlighting your resume resume if you really don't want to do that. So self-reflection, in my opinion, is key in understanding how do I take this from where I was and really making this an opportunity for you to do things that you really want to do. I agree, and that's a biggie also for me. I think sometimes, too, Think about the things that you did outside of your job. You know, the volunteer work that you did, the the times when you felt the happiest or what was filling your cup. Because when your cup is full, you can fill somebody else's a lot easier. So when you are given these opportunities, and that is really what I call it, when you are given an opportunity to pivot into something new, 
That self-reflection is going to be key. And then identify and assess yourself. You know, am I really going to keep up with that? If You know, entrepreneurial thing, it's not easy. You have to have some dedication. I would even consider assessment, guys. There are assessments to understand your risk factor, how well you're going to do as an entrepreneur. There are assessments to understand your competencies and behaviors and shifting careers. So, I mean, consider those things. And to Renee's point earlier, outplacement, they provide those type of services. So even if your company doesn't provide it, I highly encourage you to seek it because there is true value in that and doing your research. You know, yes, I work for an outplacement company, but I'm not going to say you have to come to me. But I definitely say you have to go to someone. If you don't have that resource, it is a great resource. I know that a lot of us are highly intelligent individuals. We are highly knowledgeable individuals. We feel very accomplished and we feel like we can take on a lot of things on our own. And that's great. But it doesn't hurt to have that additional insight or that additional support that can give you that, you know, outside uh, what is it called? Feedback. So they're not you. They have, they don't live with you. They don't work with you. They, you know, they're trying to just listen to you, get to know you. And then they're going to give you that external feedback that's going to help guide that decision process and give you some true answers. It's not going to be the BFF saying you can do this, which I love my support. Lolly was my BFF to tell me, girl, you got this. I love that. But I also need someone to tell me, well, have you done this, 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 and this? And then it's like, oh crap, I thought I was ready. It's a great way to really get that guidance and support to truly reflect, truly plan, because planning is needed on both sides, on the pre-riff and the post-riff. So now the planning's on you as the individual. And that's what I have to say. Anyone else want to share anything? Yes. What I will add, too, is I always recommend that people look at the what what comes easy to them. Like make a list of like the top three things that just come very easy to you. You've always done it. If maybe talking in public is one of your things. And, you know, when whenever there was someone that they needed to go do a presentation, you were the first person that they thought about. If there was someone that needed to go motivate a team, you were the first person they thought about. Think about what has come natural to you at other positions and then make a short list of how you have shown excellence in those areas and then reach out to your network and say, hey, I'm out in the market. I'm looking for employment. I am very good at X, Y, and C. And these are some of the things that I will be interested in. And maybe looking into career opportunities. If you can please help me, I'll be very excited to you know, learn more about any opportunities you may know about. So you got to put yourself out there, but you have to have something to sell, like something that people can know about you and how they can help you. Because people that care for you, they're going to want to help you. But it's important that they know how to help you and what is it that you're passionate about that you can really provide or bring to another uh, company or even if someone is looking to partner for uh, a business opportunity. Just make sure that you have something that's very specific to you that it just comes natural. No effort. You've always done it. I had an employee that we had to uh, lay off and he was my top performer. I cry when I have to lay him off because he was my top performer. He was really great. But when he got laid off, he kind of had some self-reflection and he started to think that he was really good at motivating people. He's always been a great speaker. So he started to look for jobs in that area that allowed him the opportunity to motivate a team. And he is now doing fantastic. And if it wasn't for that opportunity for him to actually go and be forced to find other job opportunities or other career pathways, 
he wouldn't have looked for that opportunity. And now he's doing very, very well. So a lot of times it's just an opportunity in disguise, I think. Yeah. And to add to that, just from a different perspective, if you're trying to find your purpose, you know, what you're doing right now may pay the bills, but it may not be your purpose. So look at it from a spiritual perspective, whoever your higher power is, you can, you know, take spiritual gift assessments, right? To kind of determine where you are, what are your top three spiritual gifts and start taking those steps down that path as well, because typically, you know, when you're serving your purpose, that's where you're kind of happiest. And I always say, you know, when you're serving your purpose, the money will come. <laughs> and it is true Very <laughs> because it's not work for you. You know, it's not work. You enjoy it. You get something out of it. You're giving back. And in return, you know, the revenue comes in. So you might want to look at it from that perspective as well. I love that. You know, it's so true that when you start thinking about rediscovering those passions and understanding where you want to go, it is that purpose, that purpose driven motivation. It gives you drive to keep going. And I know right now I love what I'm doing completely different from what I've done my entire life to an extent. I still got to sell. But I love it. You know, it's not the same. It's not like I just fell into that because I had good skill sets or good work ethics. I actually, I always tell people when they ask me, what do you do now? Or how did you pick that? I'm like, I didn't pick it. It picked me and it truly did. You know, I got the calls. I didn't make any calls. So I love that, Renee. And I do believe it was my higher power for sure. And <laughs> that gave that to me. Lolly, were you going to add something? I, okay. I just really think it's 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 important to know that you you have an opportunity in front of you. It doesn't matter what age you are. I've helped a lot of people that are closer to my age, and 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 sometimes they feel like, oh my God, who's going to hire me now? You have to you have to shift your 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 perspective because let me just tell you, if if you have that thought process, people won't hire you. But if you go in there with the fact that, you know, I'm at an age in my life where I've never had as much wisdom and experience as I do today. I also have a very good control of what's worth my time and not. So it is, as an employee, I'm probably going to be one of your best employees. Perception is critical, right? And and so it's it's a matter of, if you run across somebody that if you're older and you really, they don't want to hire you because of your age, I always say, well, it's their loss, right? It is their loss. You want to be somewhere where you will be appreciated, where you can grow and you can continue to do. So it doesn't matter what age you are, whatever point in your career you are. It's, it's about being confident in who you are and knowing what you bring to the table. You know, that's actually a great segue into the next question that I have for the night. It says, balancing passion with practicality is often a consideration. How does someone strike a balance between pursuing what they love and meeting practical needs? Does anyone want to take this first? Because I certainly have some words to say, but we'd love to hear from someone else first. I'll take it on. 
since I've been in this position <laughs> several times. The first thing that you're thinking is how am I going to pay my bills? You know, I'm a single person, you know, I'm the breadwinner. So if there's not money coming in that, that you're used to making, because, okay, you get a severance, you get unemployment, but unemployment's like 75%, right? Of your take home or of your gross, excuse me. And so now you're trying to balance, okay, I can pay this and this, this has to wait, right? Sometimes you have to do that. But then you're looking down the road, like, what do I really want to do? And if you're saying to yourself, I want to actually do something I'm passionate about, and this is my purpose, you start weighing, well, can I chase after my purpose? And will it, can I pay the bills? at the same time. And that is a decision that you have to make. And it's going to take some courage to do so. That's without a doubt. When I was in my twenties, I was just like, okay, let me just get another job. <laughs> right. But as I got older though, you know, cause this happened to me three times in three different decades. So your mindset's a little bit different. I've always thought, well, I have marketable skills. I'm not gonna have a problem you know, finding employment. But as I got older, it was like, okay, what do I really want to do? Because I don't want to waste my time and then end up being here again. So I think it takes courage to be able to balance your passion with practicality <laughs> and that next opportunity. Anybody I love else? that, Renee. I really do. I think courage is critical. I'm also going to say you need determination right? You need to stay at it. I always tell people, you know, when we talk about the emotions, find which emotion really makes you better. For me, make me mad and I'll show you what I can do, right? And so it's, it's but you have to stay determined at whatever it is that you, you're doing and don't give up on yourself. You know, it's always probably toughest as you're reaching that cusp of just going right over, right? And and you just got to stay true to that. I, I will tell you, I think that, you know, we we all need money to live on. There's no doubt about it. But when you find your passion, when you find something that really makes you happy, you suddenly find that you're not chasing these crazy dreams. You don't have to go out and buy something new to make you feel good because guess what? You feel good already. You feel good because you're doing what you want to be doing. Life changes drastically. And and I think that's that's the key that you have to believe in yourself and know that you can stay focused in it and that you're doing the right thing. I mean, many other people are out there making, you know, be quickly becoming millionaires, billionaires. On and I were with quite a few of them the other day. And there's no real difference for many of those people than any of us or anybody else out there. It's just that determination and that courage to pursue what you want. And I will say too, you know, recently I, I had a conversation with a young man uh, who was 25, he is 25, and he just doesn't know what he wants to do. And I asked them similar questions. What is it that, you know, you're passionate about? What do you enjoy doing? What classes are your favorite? And he didn't have an answer for anything. And I think younger people more and more were seeing they don't know what their passion is. And I want you to know that that's okay. Like we don't all know what our passion mm -hmm. is, but it is 
important that at least you try. Think about what are some of the things that in some way bring you joy, maybe previous experiences, maybe someone that you know that works in a specific area and just give it a try. Once you are you know, separated from your employment, it gives you an opportunity to really just go try other things and don't fall into where you are really just checking boxes and completing up job applications just for the sake of completing them. Be sure that you have a purpose as to why you want to apply for that position. So when you do get the interview, they do ask you, why do you want to work here? That you have a very specific reason. Because I have, I'm sure we all have interviewed people that we ask them why you want to work here and they don't really have an answer. And that's an automatic disqualifier. So, you know, don't, don't get discouraged if you don't know what you're passionate about per se, but be encouraged to try to find what your passion is by trying different things that you simply like to. I love that. You know, and I, I just want to say I echo every single thing that was said on here. One other thing I want to talk about when it comes to balancing passion with practicality. Guys, passion, I am passionate about my coffee. I am passionate about, you know, the things. And I honestly, I've always wanted to open up a coffee shop. And then I think about my barista skills. I suck at making coffee. I truly <laughs> suck at it, you know. I can drink coffee all day long. God saved me through the Keurig because the Keurig is you put a pot and it does it for you. You just tell it how strong and that's it. And how many ounces? I could not make you coffee pot coffee. My kids at five years old and seven years old were my baristas. They learned how to make coffee before I did. My husband, I used to wake him up at 3 a.m. because my girlfriends were studying for college. And I'm like, babe, the girls want coffee, but they said mine's nasty. So although my passion is coffee and pastries, I can't make you coffee and I can't be a barista. So how much would I truly enjoy owning a coffee shop and trying to make it, you know, functional and operational? I think that's another thing. And I know that's probably a very exaggerated balancing act there, but no, be realistic. I do think that, you know, we have passions for a lot of different things. But also back to Carla's point, kind of explore what it is, this thing that you like and take that opportunity to do so. I remember and I, all three of the ladies here know when I was laid off, my goal, my goal was to take two months off. I said, I'm going to take the rest of the year off. I'm not going to work. I'm not going to do anything because I want to reflect and I want to think about what I want to do. Of course, the phone started ringing three days after I got laid off and I, just said, okay, because it was something that did drive my passion. And here I am a year later, my passion is still going, but it was also a practical choice because I am generating revenue. I am doing the things that, you know, that can bring me money and still pay the bills because that is the number one question. Also, one of the things that I want to for you to consider when it comes to practicality it's never too early or too late to plan for retirement or to plan for an unexpected life shift. Never too early or too late. I was very fortunate that I was saving money. I was doing the right things. I was keeping everything paid. I was managing all of that. And I'll tell you, I didn't always have that ethic when it came to my finances and all of that. But I started planning and I think I started planning years ago when I started seeing how easy it was to lose your job. So when you think about practicality, being practical starts today. Doesn't matter where you're 
you know, there's fear of a layoff. It doesn't matter if your industry is one of those industries that's never going to go out of business. Guess what? It might not go out of business, but times change, demands change, and they might have a different need. There's so many things that impact that. The technology, the, the just the environment, everything impacts what the jobs are looking like each and every year. So understanding that, just monitor the trends. If you're unemployed right now, you need to find a job within the first and second quarter. End of story. Like that's what we need to focus on right now. And I do say just be practical. Extend that. Stay in your place where you're still balancing and trying to research and do everything. But don't extend it beyond what's realistic so that you do remain practical throughout the entire process. And with that, I'll close. I don't know if anybody wants to add anything. Anna, I'd like to add one last thing to what you just said. I think it's also important that if you're 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 not currently laid off or you've never gone through a layoff, but you see some changes occurring, start thinking about what are the things that do drive your passions. It's not too you know early to have that. You know, part of why you were very successful with your switch is that you had been talking for the last two years with me about what you really wanted to do, right? You had that in your mind already as to some of the things that you would like to do. It wasn't perfectly drawn out, but she had already done some of that preparation up front. So uh, I think that's key. So with that, let me take you through. You've, I think that the, the, the discussion that we've had today has been really good. It gives you some insight as to what you can do to help you navigate through a layoff. Of course, dealing with the emotions we talked about, we talked about some of the finances and making sure we know where that's at, right? Um, making sure that you do some self-reflection, so perfect. I tell you that those three things are more important than going and taking a look at your resume. Now that you've done your self-reflection and you have an idea of where you want to go, now you go to your resume and prepare it so that it matches what you really want to do right? I hear so many times I hear someone who gets laid off and the very first thing they do is they go and pay, you know, thousands of dollars for a resume. That is really not going to get them a job because it is just a whole bunch of words that tells you what you've done historically. I think that it's really key that you have an idea. So think about this. If you were going on a trip, you didn't know where you were going. You've been through some different places, but you get a chance to stop and buy a map so you can figure out where you want to go. Of course, I know we don't really buy maps anymore, but if you did, you don't know where you're going. You're just going to buy every map you see. If you have a chance to think about where it is that you want to go, where how much money I have available so I can know how much I need to plan with, right? And I got myself in a good mental place. Now I can go ahead and prepare that resume, that LinkedIn profile. It start, it makes more sense at that point rather than upfront. So just take that into consideration. The last thing that I want to share with you is having been a strategist in my old work, I always tell people when it comes to networking and even applying for jobs, don't apply for everything. Don't tell the whole world. Tell the people that you know can help you. If you are wanting to get into a particular field or with a particular company, find somebody you know that knows somebody. 
look at those jobs. Spend your time making sure that you get some leverage there rather than just hitting up everything. That's my, my particular emphasis is be strategic with how you approach your networking. Because unfortunately, what happens if you just throw everything out there, you end up kind of end up feeling like you're not making any progress because you've just thrown a, a resume at everybody and nobody's giving you anything because you haven't done any kind of real quality contacts and helping them understand where it is that you want to go. So if I came to these ladies and I told them, I need to, I, I just got laid off, I need to find a job. Well, what do you do? What do you want to do, Lolly? I'm not really sure. I just need a job. How effective do you think they're going to be able to be to, to help me in getting that direction? But I, I came to them and I said, you know, with what I've done, I think I could be a consultant. I could do just about, you know, I've done training. I really enjoy that. I've done diversity and inclusion. Really enjoy that. I've done strategy. Now I've given them some very good ideas as to how to proceed. So I think the key piece above and beyond everything is your attitude, how you stay positive, be resilient, know that this is truly an opportunity. You're not the first one to go through this. You won't be the last one to go through this, but you can certainly make a huge self-improvement for yourself, I guess, and as well as just being able to grow during this time, not not taking it as something that knocked you down, but rather something that pushed you into your next career high. All right. Well, thank you, Miss Lolly. So to wrap it up, we're going to wrap up our topic for today. As all the ladies said today, facing a layoff is undoubtedly challenging, but it can also be an opportunity for growth and a new beginning. So take it just one step at a time. Don't rush yourself. Don't overwhelm yourself. Don't hesitate to seek support from those around you because everyone that cares for you will want to find a, a way to help you. So we're in this together and someone will be there to help you get through it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you to all of our listeners for joining the pod group today. We really appreciate you. I thought this was an enlightening discussion and uh, great feedback from the pod crew as well. Remember that a layoff is a temporary setback. And by taking proactive steps, you can turn it into an opportunity for personal and professional growth. So with that said, we hope you learned something new and or came away with something of value on this topic. As promised, here's how to join us on an, as an audience member on our next show episode. We hope you're just as excited as we are. Go to our True Talk Cafe Facebook page and send us a request to attend season three, episode two as an audience member. Be sure to use the hashtag TTCS3EP2. We will respond to your requests with our podcast website link, where you'll need to enter your preferred email address for us to send the audience link. We'll also send all audience members a reminder the day before the show recording. It's going to be so much fun to have you join us live. As always, we welcome your feedback, so please let us know your thoughts about today's show. Leave a comment or review. We will respond to all comments, so please be nice. We'd love to hear your thoughts about today's topic. Please do not forget to like and rate the episode. We appreciate you tuning in to our podcast, and we hope you join the TTC Crew Facebook page. Again, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook using at TrueTalkCafe. Please use the hashtag TTC Talks 
or True Talk Tuesdays. Recommendations for discussion topics are always welcome. We want to ensure we are providing a content that is of value to you. So don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Thanks for listening. And we hope you join us on our next podcast episode. It's sure to be an engaging conversation. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.